Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. So Henson, I would love to know about open rates, right? This is a huge thing. We're, I mean, so many of us, we've grown these big email lists and people are just not, it seems like people are not really checking their email anymore. You know, they're, they're not wanting to get emails. Amazon's already sending them emails. Um, so how do we get better open rates? I mean, what do we do? Yeah, with open rates, um, if we're talking about buyer seller messaging, that's something you can track and you have control over. With the review request button, that's another one of the downsides is you can't track it, right? You can't track the open rates. That data is internal to Amazon. They're not going to share with you. And the subject line is always going to be the same subject line that Amazon says, right? I think it's just like, will you rate your transaction or something like that in terms of um, the subject line. So with open rates, um, you know, the only way to increase your open rates is by modifying your subject line and playing with the right subject line that entices people to open the email, right? As you guys probably all get thousands of spam mails every day that have all these different types of strategies on, you know, um, people putting RE colon with a question mark or uh, different types of things. Um, with us, uh, we've been collecting data for many, many years, right? And what we've seen is the open rate is really dependent on how you um, how you address the question of like opening the email for getting reviews. So what I mean is you don't want to be too direct with the, the subject line. You don't want to be like, hey, will you review my product? Or how did you like your um, so-and-so that you bought on Amazon, right? <laughs> those, yeah, those, those, type of, uh, those type of subject lines always get the lowest open rates. And the reason for that is because it's too direct. And people, when they read it inside their mobile phone or the email inbox, they just see it and they already know like, oh, I don't have time for day of this or I don't want to deal with it. And they just, they just ignore it. And people, once they ignore emails, they usually don't come back and look at it again. So you pretty much lost your chance with that. The subject lines that get the highest open rates are ones where it gives you, it tells you some information about this is something to do with your Amazon order, but doesn't give you any more information than that. And what that does is it creates a sense of, um, it's like, it's kind of like a mystery, right? It's like, you know, there's something to do with something I order on Amazon, but I have no idea what it's about. So I'm enticed or I'm curious to open it and see what it's, what it is. So, so if I'm subject, selling a sleep, a sleep pillow or something, right? And I say, uh, about your order of sleep pillow, whatever, right? And they're like, wait, what about my order, right? Click yep, on that. Yep. And then inside the email, I actually provide data like here's our top, here's your PDF on how to get better sleep with our sleep pillow, um, top five tips for better sleep and, you know, really getting the most out of your product, something like that. Um, yep. Is that kind of on point with the kind of emails that would get better open rates? Yeah, absolutely. You, you, you got it exactly. So the subject line I recommend what I've been using that constantly gets like 35 to up to 50% open rates, depending on, you know, how many emails you send is like regarding your Amazon order. And then you can fill in the order number uh, in there, right? You can, and if you want to go a little further, you can put in your product in there you want, but just keep it short because if you, if the title is too long, it gets cut off as well. 
So anything like about your order number, Amazon order number, regarding your order number, or information about your Amazon order number, those get the highest open rates just because people read that, they're like, oh, what's up with my order, right? They click and open it. And then from there is like, then you have to like build some strategy around, okay, how do I get them to leave a review or uh, how do I get the message across to them? It has to be personalized. Um, yeah, you don't want that first sentence to be super direct and be like, we would like your feedback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you tricked me, delete. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And that, that gets a little bit more complicated because then you have to dive into the demographics of your pro uh, who's buying your product, right? Um, like if I'm buying toys or if I'm buying, um, you know, uh, workout supplements like it could cater to women it could cater to children it could cater to men different age groups right they all they're all sensitive to different types of messages right so you this is where like you want to use software because you can break down different types of messaging to different types of customers right whereas if you're just uh, sending the same exact copy to every type of product you're selling then you know your conversion rates and your um, open rates are definitely going to be lower got it that makes sense all right, open rates, we've covered that. We know how to improve them. Okay, um, what about data? All of us are overwhelmed with data, right? I mean, we, <laughs> we have so many, so many pieces of software, so much to keep track of. Everybody's overwhelmed with PPC and messaging and mini chat and everything else. Like, what are the data points that you think that sellers should be keeping track of for success? Um, in my opinion, I think <clears throat> usually, of course, sales, right? Sales is most important. You want to know how, how much money you're selling every day, the number of units, right? Um, keeping on top of your returns and refunds, right? Returns and refunds is really important because suddenly you have an influx of returns and refunds. You want to know why right? Um, reviews is very important as well. Keeping track of all the product reviews that come in, especially the negative ones, because a lot of times the negative reviews can really just tell you what's going on, right? You could have a manufacturing defect. You could have a missing part, right? That you don't know of. You already sent to Amazon, right? You want to fix these things as soon as possible. Um, some of the other data points I like is um, like knowing what your top products are, right? In the last seven days or last month, like what's your hottest selling products? Because that can also give you information later on down the year, like uh, maybe the product is seasonal, right? Or maybe uh, there's a trend going on. There's a, there's a reason why everyone's starting to buy this product or uh, keeping track of your least selling products, right? Over time. So you could see like, you know, uh, is my inventory starting to pile up? Do I, uh, is this product starting to become saturated or there are other competitors starting to sell up, right? And do I need to liquidate my inventory? Um, so usually I say these are probably the top uh, data points. Of course, PPC is very important. You wanna keep track of your ACOS, making sure you know, you're not blowing money out of the water for no reason, right? Um, yeah, so inventory, PPC, reviews, sales, and what would you say, you know, we've talked a little bit about reviews. What would you say is the biggest roadblock for sellers getting reviews? What is the number one thing that is a roadblock for people to get reviews? Um, that's a good question. I mean, the roadblock really is getting the actual buyer to spend the time and day to sit down, click on it, 
and then write something about your product, right? That's the hardest thing because I don't know what it is. It's people just don't like doing that, right? And, and most people that write reviews are the ones that are really angry and they, they want to do it because they have yeah. something bad to say about you, right? The people that have good experiences, most of the time they're like, yeah, I like this product, but I don't have time for this or, you know, I don't feel like doing it for you, right? So I think that's the biggest roadblock is how do you convince them to spend time to write it? Um, so yeah. yeah, sometimes that's why uh, back then uh, with emails, if you can send them a lot of emails, then people used to come up with all these different strategies on like writing very sensitive stories or, you know, very personalized message. And, you know, some people that do read their emails, they actually read it. And if you can trigger something within them or build that personal connection, then a lot of times they will spend the time to write you a review. So. And I think that's been the rise of many chat, right? Because so many people have tried to get in contact with the customer, even rebate sites, stuff like that, where you can message the customer and, you know, just say, Hey, how was your experience? But I love what you said about attaching something of value. I think if you can increase the customer experience, I know my products that are innovative and are unique, people just leave reviews because they're like, yes, somebody made this and finally, and I'm so happy. So I don't have any problems getting reviews for my really differentiated and innovative products. I don't even need a funnel. Like people just leave reviews every day, you know? Um, but those kind of more common products with a lot of competitors, those are tough, you know, and you really got to focus on the customer experience. So, you know, if you're selling the sleep pillow where there's a million other sellers of sleep pillows and you provided that value and you really were able to, you know, get them engaged and go, wow, this was a really cool experience for, you know, I know a lot of people put in like the surprise gifts, um, were inside of the box, you know, to get them to take the time to do that. So that's a great tip is just really think about the customer experience and what is going to make them actually want to sit down, <laughs> take a moment out of their day and give you some kudos. So love that. Yeah. With, with the product inserts too, it's, it's pretty powerful. You know, if you have a very nicely crafted product insert, um, you know, a lot of times people see their product insert and, you know, they'll take the time and day to do it. And, and sometimes you buy products on Amazon these days, especially with supplements and you'll see like, well, how, how they do this, like, um, you know, go to this link and get your free supplement or get two free bottles on us. Right. And people always say, isn't that against TOS or that's not allowed. Um, I recently found out, um, from some sellers that I talked to, they're really big supplement sellers and asked them, how, how do you get away with this? How come Amazon doesn't flag you down? And basically they told me, well, their supplement is not just being sold on Amazon. It's being sold on all these different marketplaces, right? And as long as you, you're consistent with what you're putting in on all the marketplaces, not just Amazon, Amazon is actually okay with it, right? Now, if you have an insert card that's specifically for Amazon that says, hey, you know, five free bottles on us, if you write us a review, you're going to get flagged with that. But if, if you're doing that for all your marketplaces, eBay, your website, whatever, and uh, believe it or not, Amazon actually does do test buys. They will actually go out there and buy some of these products off Amazon just to see, does it match with what you're selling in Amazon? And if they see it's consistent with what you're selling in Amazon, you can get away with it. So, yeah, you know, that's, that's one of those things where you can, you know, <laughs> get away with certain things that supposed to be against TOS. 
Yeah, they have secret secret shoppers, right? Just like the big uh, brick and mortar stores do. Um, so Amy, first point I have to make is <clears throat> the way you sell sleep pillows is, is chest hair and a gold chain. Uh, that's that's the secret to the to, to getting the best sleep pillow, as we all know now. Um, and uh, I love your idea for for the bonus product. Just uh, just a note on that. Be careful, folks, because technically, if Amazon does one of those test buys and you have a little bonus product in there they 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 i have heard people getting in trouble for that so just be you know careful on that maybe you know a sticker you could probably get away with you know uh maybe inside your package you know maybe bundle it inside and like henson was saying make sure that that goes to you know it's just part of your packaging i mean what you can do is just look at some of these major brands right like that's what i do for my products is copy the major brands when you open a box from I don't know, like Bissell, say, for example, and you're getting a vacuum, right? They always have all kinds of inserts in there about like, you know, hey, get your, um, you know, back when we used to use vacuum bags, like, hey, here's the, you know, here's to get, you know, vacuum bags, here's to register for your warranty at our website, like they pack all these things in there. And as long as it's consistent, and it looks like um, it is part of the product and part of that product experience, um, Amazon seems to be much more accepting to, um, to those types of, of, uh, inserts. So Henson, I'm curious about this. Um, you know, I, I was poking around your website and, um, I see that you're, you're doing Amazon, any plans to go into other platforms like Walmart or, you know, some of these other, um, of Shopify, things like that. Have you guys thought about, uh, is that on the roadmap? Uh, yeah, it definitely is. Um, you know, with, uh, COVID-19, we saw a huge increase in Walmart. <laughs> a lot of sellers going to Walmart now because of what happened with Amazon, right? That, that one month where you couldn't ship anything, I think people started panicking and freaking out going, oh my God, you know, like what if this happens again? Like, you know, your whole revenue stream gets shut down. So people are getting smart now and they're like, hey, we got to diversify to some of these other platforms. So uh, Walmart is definitely coming up and, you know, I've had really good experiences with shopping at Walmart. You know, they have two-day shipping. Um, you can order online, pick up from the store, same day. It's actually really convenient. And uh, if you go on Walmart now, it's it looks like Amazon back in like 2015. You know, it's starting to grow. There's more and more products coming up. You know, a lot of third-party, um, fulfilled by third-party stuff. Amazon, um, Walmart starting to do their own fulfillment. Uh, so I think Walmart is... Um, you know, they have a good chance of catching up with uh, eBay or sorry, with Amazon within a few years, possibly. So, um, you know, we're exploring to, you know, try to integrate with Walmart, possibly Shopify. Um, those are usually big ones. I know there's like Rakuten, um, you know, eBay is kind of saturated. It's kind of more specific to, you know, people selling garage stuff, but uh, definitely Walmart's on our roadmap. And, you know, we're trying to build a solution and cater more towards the bigger enterprise companies where, you know, they can have a all-in-one tool um, and, you know, see all their data, you know, integrate everything together so they don't have to use like, you know, 20 different tools. Like right now the biggest problem is, you know, there's, there's so many tools out there and most of these tools, they're not like one tool that's good at everything. There's a lot of tools that have everything, but they're not good at everything. Right. And there's tools, that are really good at stuff, but they only do certain things, right? So, um, you know, our, our forecast and our goal is to continue developing really powerful tools for sellers. Uh, we have a brand new profit loss accounting tool that's right now already in beta. 
a lot of people using it, probably going to release it very soon, but it's uh, very comprehensive. I think with the data points, uh, we grab a lot of data from the API. Um, just have, you have a lot of ability to group together different types of, let's say uh, you're a seller and a lot of big sellers, they sell like, you know, 50 different types of products, or they might have five different types of brands. It's very hard to get analytics for brand to brand or marketplace to marketplace, right? So with our tool, you have the ability to customize, tag different types of products. And then you can say, I want to compare these five baby products with these five sporting products across, you know, let me say all of Europe or all of Japan. And I want to convert my currency to my currency, right? So it's kind of a better solution than what's out there right now. Just, it's very hard to keep track of all this data unless you have your own customized Excel spreadsheet and, um, you know, we're just, our goal is to try to innovate and, you know, we're not the first person, first uh, company to do it, but we just want to make it the best. So really help out sellers out there to, you know, increase their, increase their sales. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, on that note, increasing sales, um, you know, we, we, we're getting close to Q4. I know people are like in the summertime, are always like, wait, what Q4 already. But I mean, really now is when, you know, the, the, the sellers who are successful in Q4 start planning, start, you know, getting their, their ducks in a row. Um, any, um, advice that you have for, um, sellers getting prepped for Q4? Yeah, I think right now it's probably more dependent on what happens with COVID-19 because everything is revolving around um, people's behavior, right? Like um, big question mark is, are we going to have another shutdown, right? Are kids going to go back to school? Like what kind of products would be in demand, right? And it's kind of like a guessing game right now. We don't know, right? It could go either way. So if, uh, if you're selling products that might be more essential, uh, maybe you want to order a lot more of it because it could sell out in a hurry, right? So especially with what's going on and there's a good chance there could be a second wave coming. So you might want to be prepared with that because, you know, people that had essential products um, back in February, they sold out in one week, right? <laughs> and they wish they bought 3X of that. So um, it might be a good time to try to forecast and see if uh, you should do that, or if you're selling a product that's not so essential, that might be cater more towards, um, you know, things reopening up. Like maybe you, maybe you should be a little bit more conservative and say, Hey, what if things shut down again? I could be stuck with a whole pile of inventory that I can't push. Right. So oh. I think that's kind of the mentality you need to have right now. Yeah, that, that's an interesting point. So uh, wh one of the things that I always like to uh, kind of add to that is like, so you, you, you know, uh, masks, right? So like when, when the, when the pandemic started, you know, you had all these people jumping on masks, right? Cause there was a, a shortage and it was kind of, it's kind of ended up as like the, 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 the fidget spinner of, of, of COVID, right? I mean, now you've got all these sellers who are sitting on like hundreds of thousands of units, some of them of masks and uh and now there's just you know a, a ton of masks uh so that's that goes perfectly to your point in terms of you know do you order a bunch more masks because there's another wave or you know is that going to be saturated so that's uh you know definitely a lot of uh you know research and and you know really getting strategic in terms of if you want to try to capitalize on you know, products that uh, may or may not be related to, um, you know, to COVID and to being locked in your house and things like that. So that's a, that's a great uh, point. Um, 
on that note, Henson, uh, you know, that might be a little more advanced stuff. Somebody who's just starting out on Amazon, you know, more and more people are jumping into it. I've seen that, you know, because a lot of people are losing their jobs. Uh, you know, they're like, well, what do I do now? Right. And they've heard the opportunity in Amazon. So I, I see a lot of, uh, you know, new people jumping into Amazon. Um, you know, any advice you want to give to these, these sellers just starting out? I know that it's changed in terms of, you know, there's a lot more competition and things like that. Um, you know, anything that you've learned over the years that you think are, you know, is essential to think about before jumping into that, uh, that new Amazon business? Yeah, I would say the biggest advice is uh, really do a lot of research on whatever you're trying to sell. Don't sell a product just because you want to sell a product because most likely, um, you know, you might be able to sell it, but you're not going to make any money or it's going to be a failure, right? It's the time you spend on um, researching a product and building that product, you want to be as efficient as possible, right? So uh, usually what I would say is, um, you know, buy all of the, your competitors' products that you're going to sell, right? That use that as initial investment. Buy all their products, figure out what's good and what's bad about it, right? And if it's already perfect, there's no reason to be selling the same product because you're gonna t it's going to take you years to even catch up to it, right? But let's say you find a product where you say, hey, I can make this product a lot better. It has, you know, pretty good volume, right? You don't want to, you want to try to compete in top products. You might want to compete in more of the, the medium size or lower end products and try to make that product better and then go your um, supplier and, and figure out what's the cost of me. Uh, let's say I have to add something to it to make it more efficient or, um, you know, in general, it's improving the product. So I always think uh, as an engineer, like the goal is to make things better, not just to make money to get to sell it. Right. So um, if you can identify a product that, you know, can sell, but you can make it better, then I think you have a very good chance of success. Um, as we all know, Amazon is not cheap, right? People tell you, oh yeah, you can sell on Amazon for like $500, $1,000. Like it's absolutely not the case, right? It's a, it's a big investment. Uh, you want to do it right. You know, you want to spend the time to educate yourself, understand everything it is to know, um, you know, try to, you know, build all the connections, join all the Facebook groups, um, you know, research as much as possible, watch YouTube videos before you jump in. It's, it's not as easy as people like, you know, those people selling courses always tell you, right. It's, it's not that simple. So. Yeah. yeah. I, I love that. That's the old adage of, of uh, you know, when you're, when you're building, you know, <clears throat> it's always measure twice cut once. Right. And the same applies for when you're sourcing a product. Um, you know, like we, uh, uh, when I source a new product, you know, I have a spreadsheet that's, you know, we have like, you know, 30 data points on, you know, where we go check Google trends. We look at, you know, giveaway, like rebate sites. We look at, you know, all these different data points. Cause to me, the more time you spend, it's just like when people get onto Amazon, right. They spend all this time on all the other stuff rather than getting a solid listing. Right. It's one of those like foundational things where if, you know, when you're doing product research, if you go through all the data points, you know, it might take you an hour rather than 15 minutes, you know, you know, rather than like clicking on the jungle scout button and seeing the, Oh, this is a seven woohoo. And you know, the thousand other people that are seeing that same data point rather than doing that, you know, going through a spreadsheet and actually doing some product research. That's why it's called product research. <laughs> it's not a product gift. You know, you're not getting gift these ideas because everybody, if you're getting gift an idea, everybody else has that idea. So it's using that, uh, you know, that, that really thorough investigation and, and actually planning out, you know, when we bring a product on now, we, we 
pre-plan all the costs, you know, the advertising, like everything that we are going to, you know, we even add in extra stuff that like we might not have thought of. Right. I mean, you know, that's the way to do it. And if you still come out at the, at the end of that spreadsheet with, you know, positive numbers, then that's where you want to go. If not, then you probably want to move on to the, to the next thing. Not to say you exactly. can't stumble on something, you know, some unicorn, you know, product. Um, not to say that won't happen, but the chances of success are going to be much better if you actually, you know, dot the I's there. Yep. All right, Henson, yep. what, what are your favorite, uh, you know, uh, Amy and I are always like reading and, you know, watching YouTube and all that. And most entrepreneurs, I'm sure you're doing the same thing. Any uh, favorite books, podcasts, motivational uh, materials, YouTube channels, like anything you're really into right now? Um, in terms of personal growth or learning? Um, I mean, I, I watch a lot of YouTube these days. Um, honestly, I don't read that many books anymore just because videos are just so much easier. And um, one of the things I would say is, I mean, if you have a specific topic that you're interested in, YouTube is a great resource. And how I manage my time is uh, I use that YouTube 2X button to play everything twice as fast. I don't know if people use that or not, but mm -hmm. I mean, I can, I can usually take in data pretty quickly. So watching everything at 2X basically doubles my productivity. So I can watch twice as many things in the same amount of time. Um, right now, um, you know, I do a lot of stuff within Amazon space and work. Um, you know, I studied a lot of marketing, things like that. Uh, so most of the time I spent now is more just leisure. I'm trying to take my brain out of work. Uh, it's, reading up a lot about golf, um, playing golf. You know, I build a little golf cage out in my backyard now, so I have to go to the range. So I've been really studying golf. Um, you know, I've still actively trade uh, stocks market. I've been doing it for a long, long time. So, you know, there's a lot of really interesting strategies and, you know, beyond technical analysis, there's like order flow trading, things like that. It's just really good to learn. Um, all these different things that people are coming up with these days and, and trying to apply to see hey, does this stuff work or does it not work? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, yeah, I was doing day trading there for a while too. And it was funny because when I was, I'm not, I haven't done it in, in quite a few years, but um, back then it was uh, I would just buy Amazon in the morning and sell it in the afternoon. Like I found this pattern on Amazon stock where it would be like a sell off and then in the morning, uh, you, you could buy it, you know, or it was like 10 a.m. or whatever. And, you know, some days it wasn't. But like once I figured out that pattern, I was able to make like a couple hundred bucks a day just by trading just a single stock, um, you know, by looking at patterns and data and all that kind of stuff. So th that was fun. That was kind of a, you know, learning experience. But there's also cool things like for me, um, you know, a lot of these, uh, you know, crypto platforms now, they have like crypto bots, you know, where you can automate all this crazy, like you can exchange with another, you know, uh, uh, exchange and things like that. And like, you know, build wealth kind of on autopilot, which sounds crazy, but you know, it's possible. I, I love digging into all those kinds of things as well. But um, I'm one of those shiny yeah. object people. So I'm trying to stay really, really focused on my Amazon business and my software right now, because otherwise I, I start... I start straying with all the things that I want to learn and do. So, yeah, same here. I mean, you just always want to be focused on your work and you know, what makes you money first and then whatever outside of it is just more leisure and more fun. Right. So absolutely. Yeah. Hey, Henson, thanks so much for, for being on. Um, it, it's been fun. Uh, you and I did a, a software mastermind for a little while. I kind of missed that. Maybe we need to, uh, especially now that we're locked up, maybe we need to, uh, to, to, to redo that, uh, get that going again. 
But uh, in the meantime, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, email, anything you want to point people to? Yeah, just find me on Facebook, uh, Henson Wu. Um, you know, you can message me. I'm on LinkedIn as well, Henson Wu. Uh, if you want to email Feedback Quiz, you can just email support at feedbackquiz.com. Uh, yeah, anyone have any questions about, you know, emails, buyer-seller messaging, review request button, just feel free to hit me up. I'm always happy to share information, knowledge, help people out. Um, yeah. Anytime. Awesome. Yeah. So, all right. Henson Wu from feedbackwiz.com. Thank you so much for being on guys. If you haven't yet, please rate review, subscribe. We really, really appreciate it when you do that guys. Um, I keep looking at our podcast download numbers and I get excited every month cause it does continue to climb every single month. So that's exciting. Uh, it looks like you guys are telling your friends really appreciate that guys. If there's anything you want us to cover, um, make sure you, you reach out. Amy and I are very available in terms of LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, you know, kind of all those things on our Facebook groups. Uh, Amy is especially uh, active there. I'm not so much cause I don't trust Facebook. I'm a LinkedIn dude now. That's, that's kind of my main focus, but, um, yeah, guys, thank you so much. And we will see you next time on Seller Roundtable. Remember, you can join us live, sellerroundtable.com forward slash live Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Thank you so much, guys. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, SellerSEO.com and AmazingAtHome.com.